My name is Anita Flego from Live Young Clinic. Hi, this is Jen Pearson from Lighten Your Space. Hi, I'm Stacey Bout from Infinite Balance. I'm Emma Woolrich from Life Symmetry, and I love listening to Let's Talk Energy Healing with Jacqueline Rose. Coming up on this week's Let's Talk Energy Healing with Jacqueline Rose. So shamanism is about oneness, is about a connectedness to all in the universe. So connectedness to nature. Hi there, I'm Gabriela Angel and I have composed this soundtrack, Sunbeat. Welcome to Let's Talk Energy Healing with me, Jacqueline Rose. And today I'll be talking to Jen Pearson, who is an ordained shamanic minister, certified shamanic breathwork facilitator, certified spiritual coach and an energy healer. The list goes on all the way from Asheville, North Carolina. Hello, Jen. Hello. Lovely to have you with us today. Really excited to be chatting to you and to find out how you started your energy healing journey. I believe from your profile as a child, you actually suffered anxiety and depression. Sometimes I just think it's amazing that what our parents actually tell us as a young child is so sort of powerful that these thoughts and belief can actually impact us later on into our adult years. Would you say that these sort of can often be put down as emotional blockages that energy healing can clear? They certainly can be emotional blockages. Um, And thank you for having me today. It is lovely to get to talk to you. Yeah, emotional blockages can be one thing that happen when you are told something or taught something that doesn't seem to connect with your internal experience. You know, if you're looking at the sky and you think it's blue and someone of authority says, no, actually, it's green, you start to question, well, I thought it was blue, but I trust this person and they know everything that I should know. So it must be green. And and you kind of condition yourself with enough of that to do it. And so it can create a blockage where you don't trust yourself. I do think, you know, as a parent, we really do have quite a responsibility, don't we, to all these little people that we bring into the world. And often our thoughts and beliefs are transferred down from our parents and grandparents. And often these beliefs sometimes people say you should always keep a saucepan for boiling an egg because the water will be poisonous and yet really in reality like you say unless we actually stop to question things you carry on doing the same sort of things without realizing you're doing them or even questioning why you're doing such things right And I think that most parents, you know, the parent who says, no, the sky is green, probably actually deeply believes the sky is green. I don't think parents are out to sabotage their kids and, and, you know, they're there to teach the child. So if they see the child making what they see as a mistake, they're going to tell them. And so that is where that comes in for sure. But yeah, it comes into questioning. So not everyone, I think, reaches that point in their life where they do question those core beliefs and those things that, that we tend to say just... That's just who I am, you know, and we don't always look deeper than that. And so the the few people who do look deeper and who do question those things tend to kind of go down this rabbit hole of healing. And those are the ones of us who find all these different kinds of energy healing and really kind of, I think, the the cool, deep, interesting pieces of, of the mind and the spirit. Yeah, I think that's so important. 
Do you actually think that more parents and doctors are actually looking towards energy healing now? Or do you think there's still more towards, um, you know, traditional medicine route for clearing, you know, you as a child with depression and anxiety, were you given tablets to help with that? You said on your profile that you were actually told that you were perhaps attention seeking. Yes, I was not medicated. We went, the the time I was told I was attention seeking, I had an injury come up on my elbow where I lost range of motion in my arm. So I just woke up one morning and my right arm didn't open all the way, didn't bend all the way, and it hurt. And we couldn't figure out why. And we went to several doctors and they didn't always do a full exam, but a few did and they couldn't find anything medically wrong. So I was about maybe 11 or 12 years old and they just told my mother that I was seeking attention. And thankfully she knew me well enough to know that wasn't in my personality and something was actually wrong. So together she says, well, just tell them that you fell while you were ice skating or, you know, just tell them something so Mm -hmm. that they'll take you serious. And no, I wasn't for the anxiety and depression. I wasn't medicated. I was more just told to get over it, (laughs) suck it up, Mm -hmm. deal with it. You know, this isn't something that you should be um, concerned about. Just forget about it. You know, grow up. Those kinds of things were, were what I was prescribed. I think that now more people are open to energy healing and alternative healing. You know, meditation is is as mainstream as it can get. And I never heard of that as a child outside of religious practice. And then I think I'm biased living here in Asheville. Asheville is a very open, um, open town. There's a lot of, you know, kids grow up learning Reiki. And it's just kind of part of the community that Mm. people are very open to alternative methods. And there's probably almost as many, you know, acupuncture clinics as there are regular medical clinics. So it definitely is, is more mainstream here. But in general, in the world, I think there's still a lot of resistance. I think there's fear around the unknown for people who didn't grow up with it and who aren't familiar with what it can do. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that to sort of get into energy healing would it be more of of recommendations you know people to recommend you know that have actually tried it for themselves recommendations to friends and family or whether you've just sort of got a strong belief that you don't want to go down the normal traditional route of taking tablets etc how do you begin to build that trust with an energy healer I think that recommendation is a big way that most people have done that. I think that is part of what keeps it small, (laughs) the community small, because you have to know somebody well enough to trust them. A lot of people who've gone to energy healers don't always feel comfortable telling everyone they know about energy healing. They're afraid of judgment or just just don't feel like it would be a right fit for that person. Or I think that a lot of people hold back and don't tell. I know I didn't for a while. And then that just doesn't, people don't know it's there. I certainly didn't know it was there until I was in my late 20s or early 30s. And I was talking with a friend who had grown up going to alternative healers. And she had a local healer who I absolutely love, who was one of my teachers and has been a huge influence on me. Um, Her name is Laurel Mamet. And my friend would go to for sessions with her. and, And she said it was like, 
almost like spiritual counseling, but there was body work involved and it was just this incredible experience. And so I had to go experience it. And the first time that I did was just an amazing mind opening, spirit opening experience where I thought, you know, I don't really know what this is or what's happening, but clearly something's happening. And it was profound. It was life changing for me. So that's, that's what opened the doors for me to say, okay, well, what else is out there? Now the doors cracked open. It's time for me to walk through and explore. Yeah, we often hear that sometimes life-threatening events or different tragic moments in our lives, we all have them, you know, people die or um, life-threatening diseases that knock on our door. And sometimes during those times is when we actually find energy healing, isn't it? I know I had a lady um, a couple of weeks ago that I interviewed and she was saying that she tried acupuncture um, and she tried meditation to try and get rid of uh, a pain in her shoulder. And she found that kinesiology, she actually got recommended to go and visit a kinesiologist. And she went in very skeptical and this lady was asking her all these questions and doing all this different uh, treatment on her. And she said when she walked out, she just felt so different. Couldn't quite explain what had happened, but she knew that something had happened. So sometimes different sorts of energy healing that might work. So you might need to explore different energy healings. Would you find that's your experience? Yes, I think people resonate with different kinds of energy healing. And I think that at different points in their life and depending what kind of healing they need, they can get a lot more out of one method than they can out of another. So I don't, I, I wouldn't ever recommend just one method for any one person forever, uh, because I think there's a lot to it. And some of it comes down to the method and some of it comes down to the specific healer that you find that you feel a, a kindredness, a connectedness with that can be helpful. I think that's a bit like having a school teacher, isn't it? If you've actually got a school teacher that you love and you enjoy the lessons, you're going to excel. Whereas if you have somebody you just can't get on with and you hate the lesson, you you just automatically are going to get not a very good grade, are you? Right. Um, And I was going to say, it all comes down to openness. So the people who are finding energy healing are either open to the exploration or open to, I'll take anything that helps me right now. And when you're when you're comfortable with that healer and you're comfortable with that process, you're more open to healing. So just like with the the teacher that you don't connect with, the healer you don't connect with, you shut down. And so you're not open to learning and you're not open to healing. Can you just tell us about um, some of the practices that you do? I would love to. I started with Reiki. A friend of mine recommended it. I didn't really know what it was. And she had a friend that was teaching Reiki that weekend. So I took the class completely open-minded and, you know, let's just see what this is. I wasn't expecting much. I was very skeptical and loved it. Absolutely loved it. Went on to become a Reiki master and started practicing uh, in my spare time just to get experience and learn more with that. And the Reiki is like a hands-on healing method for someone who doesn't know. It's it's a Japanese healing technique with hands-on or, or hands gently above the body, typically, that works with the, the energy system to kind of clear blockages and improve the flow of energy through the body. And I started with that and I started being led through my healing sessions at times from spirit guides or from just an intuitive knowing of what was there next. And so it evolved into this kind of intuitive energy process. And my teacher, who I mentioned before, Laurel, 
she uses several different kinds of energy healing. And so she was, was kind of helping me validate those experiences and, and, you know, make sure that as I heal, I don't use my own energy to heal in healing sessions. I use a channeled pure energy like Reiki so that the client's not taking on my karma. I'm not taking on their karma. They're getting a, a pure exchange. And that opened up to the shamanic practice. Hold that thought, Jen, as we take a quick break to listen to this week's Creative Vibe Sunbeat from Gabriella Angel, all the way from Stockholm, Sweden. What inspired me to compose this soundtrack? I tend to use music as a form of escapism, to escape the everyday life. When I was composing this soundtrack, I was uh, visualizing tropical scenes palm trees and drums and music and sunshine by the beach. I guess because I wanted to um, get away from Stockholm that can be quite cold and dark um, sometimes up here in the very northern part of the world. So uh, I hope you enjoy the song. of some amazing books written by professionals from around the globe, including How to Be Happy, Surviving to Thriving When Life Gives You Lemons, and Creating Your Life, Mindfulness and Meditation. Aimed at helping readers understand themselves and create positivity in their lives, they're just what you need to help you through the struggles we all face during this pandemic. All available from Amazon and the Energy Healing website store. Pick up your copy today. Read, learn and grow. By collaborating together, we can achieve so much more. Thank you. 
Wow, that was fantastic, wasn't it? It's always great to share such amazing musical talents. Let's get back to our chat, shall we? So shamanism is about oneness, is about a connectedness to all in the universe. So connectedness to nature and primarily nature. But part of that practice includes shamanic journey. And I found that kind of indirectly through a few different channels, it it kind of came into my consciousness as something I needed to learn and and needed to find. And shamanic journey helps me connect with spirit guides and power animals and can bring a different kind of healing to those sessions. When we were talking about how, you know, sometimes you can have energy blockages or you can have um, certain events in life that can, can cause these blockages that then need to be removed or healed. In shamanic practice, they talk about something called soul loss. And soul loss is the, the idea that when you experience some sort of trauma, whether it is an actual big event, severe trauma, or it's something little like we talked before, you know, I thought the sky was blue, but they said it was green and now I don't trust myself. A piece of your soul can go into hiding and can say, well, I'm going to protect myself. You don't need me now. You don't trust me now. I'm going to hide over here. And it gets kind of lost. And we can forget about those little pieces. And so the body and the spirit can feel incomplete. And that can lead to anxiety or depression or other kinds of of issues that come up. And so the shamanic healer can go find those lost soul pieces or can guide the client to find those lost soul pieces to do what's called a soul retrieval. And as you bring those pieces of the soul back and reclaim them, it's like inner child work, you know, welcoming that piece back. I haven't seen you since you were four years old and, and you thought the sky was a different color and, you know, welcome and thank you and, and, and bringing that piece back in to, to create a wholeness. So with the shamanic work, I do a lot with journeys. Right now I do them just with drumming, but in November I'll be starting to do them with breath work. And that I think is a very powerful healing tool, shamanic breath work. It lets you access parts of the brain that you don't easily access. So um, almost like people can access with substances like that do, you know, ayahuasca journeys or psilocybin. You can get that same piece of the brain, that same altered consciousness to open subconscious pieces, to experience oneness, to find healing. It's it's really, it's wild. It's hard to explain it <laughs> without having experienced it, but it's something that I would, would recommend um, anyone who really is, is, interested in deep healing and and deep self-knowing would check out at some point shamanic breath work with that. Brilliant. So, it sounds really yeah. interesting. Um, I know on the Energy Healing Magazine, we did a series of articles on uh, a lot of our readers were saying, you know, how to become happy, you know, how do you get to be happy? And edited a book. We had 18 people from around the world actually write a chapter on the subject of how to be happy and then put it together as a book project. But I do think that people, would you agree, need to actually take some sort of responsibility? You know, you don't just be happy, do you? You have to work at it. Absolutely. It's a practice, just like gratitude practice that that people hear about or meditation practice. There's definitely a a joyful practice or a happiness practice for sure. Yeah. Have have you found a lot of your clients during COVID, have they been affected by uh, sort of from a mental health state or come to you to explore more sort of energy healing during this time? 
Um, I don't know that I've seen more, but it's a different, different patterns. I see, I see more people who are dealing with fear and anxiety and not sure how to get out of that mode of fear and back into that happiness. So that what you're saying about the happiness practice is something I've definitely been, been sharing more of lately. And the other thing is I, I've gotten more people who are just re-inventorying, I don't know what the word is, you know, taking stake of their lives. So COVID made them sit down and slow down and some of them stopped working or the kids were home or life just completely changed. And yeah. it gave them the opportunity to sit down and say, what was I doing? <laughs> you know, why was I running around? Why was I working 70 hours a week? You know, why wasn't I spending more time with the kids? Why weren't we, you know, doing these things or why, why didn't we cook at home more or, and they're starting to kind of see what they prioritize, where their values lie, what they miss about the pre-COVID world, but then also what they've come to appreciate in the current world. And so I've had more people who are just feeling this disconnect between who they, the lives they want to live and the lives they've been living. And they're having a hard time integrating and making those the same. Yeah, absolutely. I believe you do um, some weekly Facebook tips and meditation, do you? I do. I have a Facebook group. Um, if you go to facebook.com slash groups, then it's another slash. And the final is shine every day. You type it in as all one word, facebook.com slash groups slash shine every day. Mm. That's my Facebook group. It's free to join. And I do every Friday afternoon, Asheville time at 1230 Eastern time. I do a live video with tips or meditations and people in the group can give requests. So this week we're going to talk about, you know, ways to kind of shield against negative energies. That was a request from the group. So if there are people are having concerns and they want some quick tips, that's something that we can do. So it's not like a full coaching session, but just a way to kind of see, especially when there's patterns, when a lot of people are dealing with the same issue. It's nice to do that or just to take a break and do a meditation. Yeah, I, th I think in lots of ways, as crazy as it's been, um, COVID, like you say, has, has just given us that chance to sort of slow down, take stock, network, especially now with communication around the world being so freely accessible to everybody, that they can actually connect and, like you say, find that people are actually either going through the same sort of experiences, which in one hand is not a good thing, but at least it makes you aware that there are other people that are going through the same sort of thing. And there are things that you can physically action and do something about. Yeah, it's a online has been kind of a blessing in all of this in a weird way, because it helps us feel connected when we can't be physically connected. So yeah. having the validation that what you're going through is something that other people are feeling brings a little bit of relief. I'm not crazy. I'm not losing it. Everyone else is feeling this too. And then there's a support group built in right there with the people who are going through it. So that's kind of a nice thing. Yeah, crazy world at the moment. But as I say, yeah. I think as always, you know, I actually did a, another book during when the COVID first started, which was surviving to thriving when life gives you lemons, how people like you say, are dealing with homeschooling, with having their husbands at home, you know, not rushing out to work in the morning and trying to sort of create different parts of the house, you know, that they can continue to work in and play in and, and eat in and, and, you know, be more of a family unit. 
it has been quite a strange time for us all, but a lot of us have, you know, come out with some brilliant positives, I think. Yeah, I think probably more of us have come out with positives than we even realized. I think some of us are have gone through our happiness practice <laughs> more. Yeah. We're further along and we're able to say, you know, this can be kind of a weird blessing in disguise as terrible as it is and as horrible, you know, as it is the people are, are being affected so negatively that thank you for the opportunity to, you know, look at my life, the time to sit still, the time to be with my kids or whatever it is. There's there's usually at least some little piece in there, even if most of the experience hasn't been so lovely. Yeah, absolutely. I quite agree there. Well, I think um, I'm just getting a tap on my shoulder that we're coming to the end of the interview. Is there anybody that you'd like to actually shout out to, Jen? Anybody who's touched your world with energy healing? I will give a shout out to my very first teacher and probably the most influential mentor, uh, Laurel Mamet in Asheville. She is, I love her dearly. Um, My first Reiki teacher, Jennifer Dale, she is also in North Carolina, has been a huge influence on me. And then always I love to say hi to my sister, Sarah, just because she's a great support and I love her dearly. That's brilliant. Well, thank you ever so much for joining us today. Thank you for bringing some uh, really interesting and intuitive vibes to our listeners. Thank Uh, you for having me. I enjoyed it. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. I do hope you've enjoyed our podcast show experience. More importantly learning about another kind of energy healing. Until the next time, bye-bye.